Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast. It's Shayna and Dana again, and we wanted to have a discussion today to talk about deconditioning. What is it and why is it important and how do you even start and um, what's the purpose of it all? Um, we want to get into the nitty gritty of, of what deconditioning can look like for you and um, where to start. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm, me too. And like deconditioning is a huge part of human design and in like the work that you can do every day and put into practice to live in authenticity and to live as your design. You know, one thing you can do is practice your strategy, practice your authority, but another huge part of it is deconditioning. So this is like a huge topic, but it doesn't have to be heavy. It can be really beautiful and it can be really liberating. And um, we created a deconditioning oil, essential oil, along with the authority oils, because we were like, we want something that is a physical representation that can support this idea, like something that's beautiful and brings you back to that sense of self. And like, this is my soul. This is who I am. And that feeling feels so good. So, you know, we just kind of want to share also the beauty in deconditioning and, Mm -hmm. and how you can bring it into your life in a positive way. Yeah, because not all conditioning is bad, like, or Mm -hmm. or negative. It just is. Um, And sometimes you can be conditioned by other people in the positive things that they do, but they're not necessarily coming from you and you're holding on to them. Um, So deconditioning is really just about getting back to who you are authentically and releasing the things that are not you and that maybe society has told you you have to do or need to do and all of that stuff, which we'll talk about. But it's interesting because we hear the phrase like deconditioning, deconditioning, deconditioning um, so much with human design. And like, what is it? Like, what does that even mean? I know. I wanted to read to you, actually. I looked up like the textbook definition of conditioning. Like, what is conditioning? And this is the textbook description and definition. Conditioning is pressure expectations or influences from outside sources that are used by the mind to conform to patterns that are not part of who we are. So that they're a part of the not self. There are any adaptive strategies which become habits and take us away or repress or conceal our true self and our purpose for incarnating. Mm. So it's those outside pressures. It's those expectations. It's also just the patterns and the habits that are around you that maybe people taught you to keep you safe or to be able to live in this world that we live in. But they are the 
the all of the patterns that you've taken on that do not go with who you truly are and that distract you and take you away from your true self and your purpose, your reason for living because each and every single one of us has a legit purpose. Like you, if you are alive right now, you are here for a reason. And that reason is to simply be who you are. Your life purpose mm-hmm. is to be who you are and everything that you are is enough. Like it is your gift to this world to just mm-hmm. simply be that. And human design is amazing because it shows you how your energy works. So that way you can easily and more clearly see who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I, what I love. I wanted to ask you, Shana. So your self theme, right? Like the whole point of taking away your not self theme is so that you can experience your self theme where you really truly are living like as yourself, living in your signature theme, which for us is like feeling like success and like I made it and I'm here and I'm thriving and all of these things. So I wanted to ask you if you could tell me like a story about one time in your life that you (laughs) really felt like yourself, like you were totally in your self theme, connected to your soul in that moment, like you've never felt better. Mm. I love that. Obviously, I have I have some like it's so weird. Like when you're asked to like think of your life, I'm like I've lived. Like, I have <laughs> memories because I can't think of anything. But um, if I really think about it, um, I would say when I was with Brian in Versailles, we were riding our bicycles like on a Versailles like bike tour. It was it was just like a culmination of the whole day and like the experience and like where Brian and I were in our relationship and just everything. But we were we like went to this beautiful farmers market and picked out all of these fun things and delicious things that people recommended to us to get and we like filled our basket up with amazing food which anyone who knows me knows that I love to eat um socially I'm like a social eater (laughs) and I'm always trying to eat something delicious so we had like our baskets full of like amazing food and we were riding our bikes and it was just the most beautiful day we were on this tour and it was funny and we were just like the wind was blowing and it was the most beautiful scenery and I just remember like being on my bike and looking around and just like seeing this beauty and like excitement and just like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I felt so alive and so just like beautiful and amazing. Uh, Brian like accidentally spilt my wine on my shirt. I had wine like all over my shirt and I didn't care at all. Like I had the biggest smile (laughs) on my face and like, it was just the most amazing day. And I felt just so myself, like I could talk about anything. I could be silly and laugh. I could be crazy. I was so free just riding around and like completely unjudged, completely unfiltered, talking about any and everything and surrounded by beauty and like delicious food. Yeah, I just like, I feel like I call on that moment all the time if I'm feeling like trapped or like bogged down or stuck or anything and I, really just like, oh, like take myself back to that moment. How did I feel? That is my life. Like that is the, that's the vibration I want to call in. That is the world and experience that I choose to live in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I love that. 
What about you? Do you have like a moment? Yeah. Well, like I have a lot of moments that I can think of, but the first one that came to my mind when I thought of this, I was also on a bike. So I don't know what it is about being on a bike that makes you feel so free. But um, my husband, Jared, and I were in um, Cambodia at Angkor Wat and we rented bikes and we rode our bikes in at sunset into this like sacred temple place. And I had this profound feeling like this is who I am. Like I, and I felt so successful. And like, by that, I mean, I felt proud of myself. Like everything that I have done has led me to this moment. There's no place in the world I'd rather be. I'm so, I'm, I made it, you know, like this is the epitome of joy and happiness for me. And like, I just had this profound feeling like, this is who I am. Like, forget everything else that anyone's ever told me. Like, I am here right now and I feel on top of the world. And that feeling, you know, being in this like sacred place. And it's one of those feelings I've had of these a few times in my life where it almost makes me have to cry because I realize that everything that I've chosen has led me to this one point right mm. now. And I'm yeah. so grateful for my path unfolding the way it did because it led me to this moment. And yes. so like mine was also on a bike. Um, but like, <laughs> I can think of so many moments like that, you know, like when you and I were in Costa Rica at the Raise Your Vibe retreat, and yeah. we went swimming in the ocean at night under the stars, naked. naked. <laughs> and it, and I, I was like- skinny dipped in my life. Especially <laughs> at night in the like, ocean. Yeah. It was so, and I was like, this is who I am. Like away yes. from all pressure, away from all conditioning, away from anything that I've ever felt like I had to do or should do because of other mm -hmm. people. Like this is what my soul wants to do. And in that moment, you feel that that feeling of success. Like I mm -hmm. love who I am. I made it to this moment of like clarity and loving myself and all of that. And so um, I just think it's a really cool thing to think on those moments. And just like you said, like you can think of that vibration in your life and that time and how you felt in that moment. And at any time you can go back to that feeling. Like when you are purposefully and, and like using awareness to decondition, you can think of that moment and recall that moment and bring that vibration back into your body and say, this is who I am. This is who my soul is. This is what I feel like when I'm at my best and this is who I truly am. Um, so anytime, you know, as we go into deconditioning, we're kind of gonna go into like the mechanics of it and what it really means. But I just wanted to like tell you guys about that feeling of when you are free from conditioning and when you are truly living as yourself and when you are completely embodying your life purpose, um, that's really the goal. Yeah. And like, I don't want to say like my life purpose is to, you know, skinny dip in the ocean for the rest of my life. Like it's not that it's the feeling behind it that felt so successful mm -hmm. of like being like completely unjudged. Like I didn't feel any conditioning whatsoever of like, mm -hmm. well, I should go in the ocean or I shouldn't, or I should wear my swimsuit or I shouldn't. Or like, I literally just felt like everything in my life has brought me to this moment here of like magic and success in spirit and emotions mm -hmm. and love and connection 
So it's not so much of like, oh, I'm successful if I travel or right. I'm successful if I have a crazy experience. Mm -hmm. It's more like I'm successful like in this moment from these feelings and right. the overall experience. I feel like we've had so many moments like that with yeah. like, and for some reason they happen to be while traveling, but like, like in Hong Kong and like, everywhere like so many that just like brought us to tears of like this is my life like this is my life right and that's what success feels like to me it's that and i think it's probably different for everyone because success is like a, a vibration that you embody um so for me and maybe for you shana like success feels like having freedom and being able to do amazing things and not feeling worried or stressed or like trapped in something that you have to do but instead like you've come to a point of success where you are free and able to do the things that you want to do um, and that happens a lot for us when we're traveling but i can also think of like really mundane moments where i had that feeling of feeling completely free from any conditioning um, like you know just times where i've been at the lake watching the sunset and my feet are in the water mm -hmm. and I'm like, this is my soul. This is who I am. I can feel myself right now. And I, you know, and I've also had moments where I feel my conditioning. I feel nervous or I feel scared that I'm not doing enough, not being enough, that I'm not proving myself, that I'm not working hard enough. And all of that is who I am not. And in those yeah. moments where you are free from any conditioning, you're completely clear you just feel that sense of wholeness. Like, yeah. this is who I am. So we really, I think it's fun to go back into your life and maybe even journal. We invite you guys to journal down a few moments in your life where you felt so connected to your true self and free from any shoulds or coulds or woulds or fear or anxiety. Um, and then write those moments down and really feel them. And when you meditate, and clear your energy, you can always go back to those memories and let your body re-feel and match that vibration. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. Space and time are not real things. <laughs> totally. So you can call on that energy and feel like as if you're there right now. Totally. Oh, I love that. So true. Okay, so you guys, as far as deconditioning goes, I think a really good place that you can start is by looking at your chart. If you're listening and you don't have your body graph already, you can go to mybodygraph.com and enter in your birth time information and pull up your chart. Um, or you can go to our website, daylunalife.com, and you can book a reading with us. But any way that you get your chart, make sure that you have your chart so that when you're deconditioning, you can look at your energy centers or chakras in your body graph. Um, they are the triangles and squares in your body graph. And the ones that are white are undefined or open. So a really good place to start with deconditioning is looking at those undefined centers and really knowing each one of those undefined centers, what the not self theme questions are. So like if I'm looking at my chart, I only have three undefined centers, um, but a big one for me that I really work on deconditioning from is my heart center or ego center. Um, and the not self theme for that is, do I have something to prove? And 
Um, another one of my undefined centers is my sacral. Do I know when enough is enough? And if I ever feel like I'm trying to prove myself or prove my worth, um, I can know, I'm so familiar with those uh, questions of the open undefined centers that I can instantly say, oh, that question's coming from my not self. Um, and then I can say, I need to decondition. I need to bring awareness to the fact that I'm in my not self in these open centers. And how can I clear that energy? How can I get back to myself, which is by following my strategy and authority? Which we did an episode, um, I think it's episode four, where we talked about all of the open centers and what the not self themes are for those. And the reason why we did that episode so early on is because it's such a huge part in deconditioning and releasing what's not yours. Because the open centers are where you take in other people's energy. And sometimes that's a, sometimes that's a good thing because you are taking in their energy and using it to complete something or to accomplish something or whatever, um, to connect with people more. But sometimes you're taking it in and you're holding on to it without even realizing it. And it's poisoning your energy, if you will, or it's hiding you from your real authentic self. So the whole point with all of this is to have awareness of how your energy centers work and awareness of where in your life you're holding on to things and harboring things that aren't serving you and aren't for you. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so good to start with the open centers because it's easy to look and see and say, okay, am I operating for my not self there and why? And mm -hmm. those whys, that's where you've gotten conditioned from. So like for me with my open root center, feeling pressure and stress to like get things done and let me do this so that way I, I have no more pressure on myself and I'll be done and the stress will be gone. That's my not self. And so why do I have that? Why do I feel that in my life? And that's from society feeling like you have to be super productive all day to have worth or you have to um, work really hard to accomplish any of your goals. Um, look, Taking a hard look and seeing what conditioned me to feel this way in my day-to-day -day life and then saying, okay, I'm actively choosing to have awareness of that and letting it go. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to meditate through letting it go. Yeah, I love that. And your open centers are the biggest place that you take in conditioning from the world around you because that's the place where you're open and empathetic to other people's energies. So starting with those open centers, I mean, you can also be really conditioned through certain channels and gates like if you have split definition you can be really conditioned by the one channel that connects all of your centers so that you're not split but that you are single definition um, but i'd say for everyone as a general rule of thumb starting with your open centers is a really good place to start and if you haven't listened to episode four open centers and not self themes i definitely recommend going back and listening to that um, also on our website at daylunalife.com, you can go to human design and then you can go to free tools. And we made this beautiful cheat sheet that has um, a more in-depth, not self-themed questions there. So you can um, just screenshot that and save it on your phone and look through it every day. I mean, deconditioning is something the more work you put in, not work, but the more awareness and mindfulness you put into deconditioning, 
um, the more you'll see progress and you'll clear your limiting beliefs. You'll start living as yourself. It'll be easier to live by your design and live as your true self the more deconditioning you put into your awareness. So yeah, I would definitely say like in my um, open undefined centers, my biggest one is my ego center that I, you know, I have to check myself all the time. And also now that I'm starting a business for the first time in my life, I'm, I catch myself in my not self theme in my sacral chakra about like working when you're exhausted and not knowing when enough is enough because you don't feel like you have enough time to do everything. So instead I just like keep pushing myself past the point of exhaustion to keep working. And then I actually get nothing done and I could have been sleeping and I could have been doing that tomorrow when I had more energy. (laughs) So I've never had a problem actually in my life with overworking myself that much. Um, But only now that my circumstances have changed, I am noticing that part of my openness and my undefined centers kind of coming into play. And so it's really important to stay present and to continue checking in with yourself. When are you in your not self theme? You know, it might change. It might be different depending on things that switch and change in your life. Um, So definitely getting a hold of all of those not self themes and knowing them really well, looking at your chart, seeing what's undefined and really like having awareness and holding space for all of those not self questions and asking them every day. Um, And then I think a next really good place to go is to look at your parents or your close, close family or siblings Mm -hmm. that raised you. If you don't know your parents design Yet, I think that is a transformational thing. Like I, the the second that I found out my design, I looked at my husband's design. I looked at my best friend's design. But honestly, I didn't look at my parents' design for like a year. And I can't believe I didn't do that er earlier because it is so fascinating to see where your parents' design conditioned you. So if your parents have a defined spleen, for example, when you have an undefined spleen, that means that you were conditioned by them your whole life and their definition, their perspective, their way of being in that area constantly conditioned you as you were growing up. And so that conditioning that you have can come directly from your parents, um, but it also can come from society as a whole. And then also looking at your parents' design and seeing the places where they have undefined centers and they might have strong conditioning from society and that you might've picked up their conditioning from them. Um, You know, my mom is a projector, a mental projector, and I never knew that, but I wasn't surprised when I found out she was a projector, but I was kind of surprised to find out that she had so many open centers um, because she's such a business person and she works really hard and she, always like owned her own business and had an office from home. So I was like, oh, she must have a defined ego center and she must have a defined sacral or, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out she had so many open centers, I was like, wow. And it made me see in a whole new way the conditioning that she might have taken in. And then I was around when I was a kid and learning from that. And so I think, you know, having like extending your awareness not just from your own conditioning but from your close family members um Mm -hmm. and then going one step further and into society as a whole because it's interesting like when you have awareness or understanding for how you may have been conditioned 
like the actual reason why and like from who or whatever, then you're easily, you're more easily able to release it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like knowing that, um, for instance, um, my, you know, father had a, the channel of money. And so for him to make decisions that were based on money was good for him. But then him teaching me that you have to make a decision based on money because that's what worked for him, but doesn't work for me. Then I can say like, now I can look that in the face almost and say, oh, I got that from him and that doesn't serve me. Mm-hmm. And that pressure that I feel to make a lot of money was from him, mm-hmm. but not from me. And like, mm-hmm. now that I know the why and the who and the how, I can just completely release it like it's not an issue anymore. So the mm-hmm. more like specific that you can get, the quicker you can release it and decondition. So, I mean, you can, like Raru who says that it takes seven years to decondition on a cellular level because that's how long it takes for all of your cells to turn over and like be new cells for your whole body to be regenerated with new cells. Um, it takes seven years. So on a ce- cellular level, that's what human design teaches. But I think that on an awareness level, you can move as quickly or as slowly as you want mm. based on how specific you get and how deep into your awareness you get mm-hmm. by really looking into your limiting beliefs like we talked about last episode or um, looking into you know who in your life, what their designs are and mm-hmm. what they taught you because of what they were taught and all of those things. It's really fascinating how quickly you can release it. And I just wanna say that um, that was an example. My dad does not have that channel, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't want you guys to think that like my dad super conditioned me that way because that was an example. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. It's so true. Like really everything is about having awareness. Like if you have no idea that you're conditioned, then you're identifying with that conditioning and you just think it's a part of you. You can honestly Mm. believe that that's who you are. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, um, we honestly identify like, I'm a hard worker because we're so ingrained that that's important and valuable. Mm -hmm. And then if you aren't a hard worker, then you're not worthy and you're not valuable and like you're a bad person. Like it's Mm -hmm. so deeply within us from our society. That's a huge societal conditioning. That's a huge one. All of us Mm -hmm. so intensely is our self-worth based on our productivity. Like up until I found human design, I would have told you, I am the person that gets things done. I am the person that finishes everything that says yes to everything that works super hard and works a ton of hours to like be the it person. Mm -hmm. But now I can say, okay, (laughs) that was conditioning. Mm -hmm. I was killing myself slowly. And now I can say, okay, I am the person who has these insights and sees things in a different way. And I am valuable and resourceful and I'm a problem solver, but I also enjoy rest and I can do just as much by resting and honoring and diving deeper into my knowing. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, that's so, that's a huge one. And like, just to talk a little bit more about our society as a whole and like what is the conditioning that we are all kind of receiving from our society at this point in time and i think one huge thing is that 
we are so taught to use our mind to make decisions. Um, mm-hmm. And that comes from, you know, years, like hundreds of years of conditioning that has built an overall society and culture. And, you know, in human design, we all evolved humans evolved um, emotionally and spiritually to no longer, it's no longer correct for any of us to make decisions from our mind, but instead we need to make decisions using our authority, which is coming from some other inner knowing in your body and not in your mind. But the society as a whole has definitely not caught up to that idea. And so we are all so taught to look at things um, in an analytical way and to use our mind to say which is the best option for these reasons at this time and like which thing gets me more numbers and which thing gets and we get so wrapped up in all of the variables because Mm -hmm. we can overanalyze any situation until we have no idea what we're doing and we just have mental anxiety Um, I think a lot (laughs) of us have done that a lot and it's like it's such a deeply ingrained thing that one specifically and it's like you know, so widespread across the whole world that that is definitely one that we all need to look at. And I think it already is changing. Like besides human Mm -hmm. design, think of like the mindfulness movement. Yeah. And how people that work in corporate environments are already going to these events where they're teaching their employees about mindfulness and to observe your thoughts instead of letting your mental thoughts control you. And Mm -hmm. Um, give you anxiety and confusion and meditation and yoga Mm -hmm. like how much that has been spreading and like widely accepted Mm -hmm. right which all of that is are tools to help you decondition Mm -hmm. and to help you release like your tight grip on relying on parts of you that are not reliable or are fake that you've just pretended to hold like to have Right. And our mind is really the place that deconditioning, that keeps the deconditioning, I mean, the conditioning going. Your mind is the place that takes in all of these shoulds and coulds and woulds and, you know, mm-hmm. comparing things um, and puts that back into our life over and over again. So letting your mind be an observer Um, And really spending the time every day deconditioning your mind, meditating, going back to your authority, clearing out all of these shoulds and coulds that you feel the pressure of in your mind. um, That's a huge helpful thing as far as deconditioning goes. Another thing that I think our society conditions us is, um, we already said this, but to be taught that work is supposed to be hard and that you have to work many hours And that work is something that you don't like and that there's like work and play and that they're not connected and that they're opposites. I think that's something that a lot Mm -hmm. of us bring in. And even like when we were kids in the 90s, I remember a lot of people around me telling me like work a day in your or do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I also Mm -hmm. remember people saying like anything that you want to be like you can be that. And those words were spoken to me, which I think is forward progress. But then there was like a different like expectation on on an energetic level that said the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, people might have said that to me, but I got the impression that if I didn't work hard, if I didn't just suck it up and do a job that I hate, like everyone does, that I wasn't worthwhile or valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got that a lot. (laughs) 
And that is something we are changing as we're moving in to the new paradigm. I'm so yes. grateful. Like your work is an extension of you. Every single person should be doing work that truly lights them up and truly doing what they love. And if you are doing work that you feel like is a chore and you're only doing it because you have to and that's what people tell you, like we invite you to break that cycle and to know that every single person, there's room for every single person to be doing what they love and that the idea that if everyone did what they love, well, who would do the hard work? Like you don't have to worry about that. There, every single person is different and unique for a reason. They have different interests for a reason. And if everyone allows themselves to honor what they love and to do work that lights them up, we will raise the vibration of the planet so much. And we're in this like amazing time where technology is coming to help us um, if we let it and if we allow it to be helpful, where we don't have to work as hard. We don't have to put in hours and have humans standing in factories anymore. We work in a time now, we live in a time where we have these technologies that free us from physical labor and allow us to be more creative and to be to have more time for ourselves and to relax and um it's just the conditioning that's holding us back and telling us that we have to work for eight hours every single day um but that is definitely not true and another thing that society conditions us as as a whole i would say is that we are taught that sleep is lazy and that rest is lazy and selfish and that taking time for yourself, especially if you have kids or a family, is selfish or lazy. And once again, we are seeing that rapidly change with like the self-love and self-care movement, um, you know, with like moms all over the world. Um, I feel like it's really coming to to the average culture now that you have to take time for yourself and you have to rest and you have to relax and you have to do things that are self-love and self-care. Otherwise, you won't be able to give to other people and you won't be able to do the work that you're here to do because you won't have the energy for it. Um, so I definitely think that that's one thing. Another thing that society teaches everyone and conditions everyone is to believe that children should be seen and not heard and that like children know less than adults. And I know, Shana, that's something like you're passionate about that opposite yeah. is true. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I don't think anyone would say children know less than adults. Well, actually, some people probably would, but most people wouldn't say that. And they wouldn't say um, that children should be seen and not heard, but they they live that like mm. the kid like this is the kids table and this mm -hmm. is the adults table and like at thanksgiving or like all the kids are going to go play and all the adults are going to go sit over here and when a kid walks in the room to come ask you for something it's like okay what do you need okay yep go play with your brother or mm -hmm. your your friends you have to listen to me because i'm an adult and you're a child mm -hmm. right all of those things are conditioning and just so widely taught in our society. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things that opened my eyes to that was um, our dear friend, Anjale and her kids, her kids are homeschooled and 
they haven't been conditioned like in school by their teachers to respect your teacher just because they're your teacher and to not talk back to adults because they're adults. Like those things, yes, they're good if your kid's like really acting out and crazy, but it was the most like obvious to me when they were at New Year's and all the adults were sitting around a fire and they were pulling little questions out of a jar, like things that would ask you like, what was your um, happiest moment of the last year? Or um, what moment made you laugh until you cried this last year or whatever? They're all just different questions that everyone would go around and pull out of a jar and answer. And all of the kids were off playing like on the jungle gym set and stuff. And except for her kids were sitting there with all of the adults and pulling from the jar and then answering them and having discussion about it with all the adults, even though they were the exact same age as the other kids. And it's because they had this like inner knowing and foundation that what they had to say was equally as important and would be listened to equally as the adults answers. So like the kids would answer, my favorite moment was this, this, and this. And like, they'd get to talk about it and the adults would talk to them about it too, as if they were just like a normal adult. And then they were listening to everyone else's responses as well. And they weren't thinking, oh, the adults are talking. I'm just going to tune them out. They were Mm -hmm. fully engaged in like hearing about that interaction and really thinking about it just really made me um, realize how conditioned like our children are from school Mm -hmm. and how school and like you know when the bell rings you're released and you put your books here and you do this and you're it's like a fire drill right like of working in a factory and and you know don't talk back to your teacher and your teacher's always right it subtly subconsciously subconsciously geez i feel like that's not a word (laughs) no that was right (laughs) (laughs) It, it teaches our kids to not voice that their voice doesn't matter hmm. and that they're not a unique person, but that they are a homogenized one group. Like you guys all do what we say. You don't have an opinion. You don't have a voice. You don't get to choose. You do what we tell you when the bell rings as if they're like yes. a trained animal. Yes. And I'm not saying that we all need to homeschool our kids. And I'm not saying that you can't punish your kids if they do, if they act out or whatever. I'm just saying that um, when you treat your kids as if they are valuable in not just like because they're a child and they're yours, like they have value, but valuable in like their uniqueness and their personality and their opinion and how they see the world and what they think about certain situations. When you give it validity by Mm -hmm. listening, to their opinion, genuinely listening, and then maybe doing what they said or just hashing it out to see what they think about it. You're giving them a little bit of a voice and and um, not quieting them. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would say, you know, kids should be seen and not heard. At least no one probably listening In to this, this generation, podcast. right? <laughs> yeah. But, but two but, generations back, for sure, that's oh, something they, people oh, used yeah. to say. For sure. Our parents were raised with, and then our parents raised us. So, I mean, it takes this much time for those little traces of that to really be gone. Mm -hmm. And it's in the small things that your kids learn and it it makes an impression on them Mm -hmm. of, you know, if they can speak up or not. 
Mm-hmm. And these kids were just sitting around and it didn't even cross their minds that it was weird that the rest of the kids were playing and that mm-hmm. they were sitting with adults because they didn't see themselves as sitting with adults. They saw them as sitting with Jeff and mm-hmm. Sue and whatever their names are. Like, <laughs> that's funny that those are the names that I think of. <laughs> Sue, I've never met Sue. Sue in my life. But Sue, if you're out there, I feel you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it didn't cross, It there wasn't this barrier of you're an adult and I'm a child. For them, right. that didn't exist. It was just, you're a person and I'm a person. Right. And it's crazy. Kids are amazing. Um, Both of us have worked with kids before and I have worked with kids really recently as a behavior therapist, but kids, especially when they're really young, it's amazing to watch them because they are so connected to their truth. When they want something, they go for it. When they don't want it, they don't want it. They're not Mm -hmm. really open to like at a certain age, when they're really young, they're not open yet to knowing what they should want or what they should Mm -hmm. do or what will be rewarded. They're so connected to their truth and they're so connected to who they are. Um, And then as you get older and you start to learn the world around you more and more, that's when you pick up conditioning. Because a lot of times in life, the more conditioned you are when you're growing up, the better you're treated, right? Like you don't get punished Mm -hmm. as much because you're doing what other people want you to and you're conforming to habits that are told to you that that's how you have to be instead of being a unique individual. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting thing to let kids be who they are and for all of us to go back to every adult to go back to their childhood and see what conditioning did I have? Like maybe even what teachers made a really big impact on me, either in a positive way or in a way where they really drilled into my head some type of limiting belief or conditioning. Mm -hmm. Or like I've met a lot of people that have told me at some point in their life, a singing teacher in school or whatever told them that they can't sing and kicked them out of their class. And those people that have told me that story have said that to this day, that stuck with them and they believe that they're not a good singer because Mm -hmm. someone at one point that they really trusted their authority told them that they weren't and conditioned Mm -hmm. them to believe that that's true. And that is like the saddest thing in the world to me because I know that every single human, well, with exception to 2%, maybe that's tone deaf, (laughs) uh, but 90% of humans are like able to sing and that it's it's a human, Um, innate ability that connects Mm -hmm. us to each other and connects us to source. And like, it's amazing how powerful those conditionings and limiting beliefs from your childhood can be and how they can carry Mm -hmm. into your adulthood without you ever having awareness of them or even looking at them. Mm -hmm. Or just conditioning of you shouldn't sing unless you have an amazing voice. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not like, you're not saying like 90% of humans have incredible voices, but you're saying that they can all sing and are like, able to yeah and that they mm-hmm. enjoy it and mm-hmm. it feels good because it is it's spiritual and it's connected to source like you said and and using your throat chakra and super vulnerable like there's so many healing things just by allowing yourself to sing mm-hmm. um but a lot of society and conditioning is that you should not sing unless you are freaking an incredible singer celine dion yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy to think about how much your teachers condition you and how much your parents and your family condition you. And mm-hmm. just knowing and realizing like where you were conditioned 
to have these strong beliefs about yourself and to be able to let those go. And then if you're a parent and you're listening, um, the more that you can get to know your children's energy and support them, the less conditioning you'll have on them. And there's no way to protect you know, someone from being conditioned altogether. Like they're gonna get conditioned in their social circles and they're gonna get conditioned in school or around any other adults that they're around, but, um, or by the news or whatever, by society. But the less conditioning that you can put on and creating an environment where they can truly be their authentic self, the less work that they're gonna have to do later, like we're all having to do now as adults and discovering like uncovering the truth about yourself underneath all of these layers of conditioning right and um anyone that has defined centers all of us most of us have a mixture besides reflectors of um of defined and undefined centers so all of us that have defined centers if i have a defined solar plexus i am conditioning you with an undefined solar plexus every time that i'm around you Um, Mm -hmm. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing. It's, it's part of what makes humans interlocked and connected. Even when we're in this physical form, it's part of what makes us one community, one group. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily a bad thing, but it is really important to look at the ones that are holding you back and look at the ones that are um, repressing or concealing your true self and allowing you to be your highest self and to live your life purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that I think our society conditions us as a whole is that uh, we're so taught that authority on what's best for us comes from other people and that mm-hmm. we don't know what's best for us. So like with our health, we're taught that our doctor knows the answers and that we don't. And then we have to go to the doctor they have a white coat on and they went to school for eight years. So they know what's wrong with me and I don't, or, Mm -hmm. you know, my teacher, my professor, like they have all the answers because they went to school for this many years and I have none, no answers. And if I want to know anything, I have to be reliant and dependent on someone else to tell me those things or with Mm -hmm. a spiritual teacher or a religious practice, feeling like you can't connect to spirit unless you have an outside authority facilitating you to do so. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that is also something that's rapidly changing as we decondition is that we all have an inner authority and we are all connected to source. We are all connected to our soul. We are all connected to the universe and um, we have the answers within us. And all we have to do is let go and release the limiting beliefs and conditioning so that we can feel our soul guiding us. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge like the spiritual one is a huge thing that um, we've had to com- overcome as a society, like as a whole, because, you know, just just thinking about like religion and the Catholic Church, how you have to literally you can't speak to God directly. You have to talk to the priest and tell your confessions to them and then they can talk to God for you and then bless you. Um, and that is just so ingrained over hundreds and hundreds of years into our collective energy, like our collective knowing, our collective whole. And so it all, but all of that stems down to one thing of you knowing yourself and knowing what is best for you and that you have 
all of the answers of anything, whether it's a new teaching or a new belief or um, your health or what you should eat, anything is all within yourself. And the more that you get aware, the more clear you are on what that is. But it's all it all can be related, whether it's religion or anything can be related to clearing out the conditioning that someone's telling you that someone outside of yourself knows more than you do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, you know, all of this, it's really funny how, how homogenization happens um, because I think a part of us really knows that we are connected and needs community and we want to be held together with our our friends and family we want to be connected we don't want to be alone we don't want to be so different than everyone else we want to fit in and we want to feel like we belong as a part of something and i think that the fear side of it the lowest vibration of that feeling is what brought brought us as a society to want to all be one thing all be the same mm-hmm. all be homogenized have this one belief that everyone has to follow everyone has to live this way otherwise you don't fit in And Mm -hmm. that is coming from the fear side of it. But if you take that same wanting to belong and wanting to be connected and be in communion with each other, and you take the highest vibration, you can see that as every single person is a different and unique individual. And that when we all can hold space for that, that is what brings us together. And that we don't have to be all one note. We can be many, many different notes living and singing in harmony. Mm, mm, and so mm. this it's that mm-hmm. you know we we have it in us all along to want to be connected but it's the fear and the lower vibration of it that calls us to condition each other in a negative way and expect us all to be one thing and as we move forward into the new paradigm i mean it's like all of these things that we just said about how society conditions us you can already see them all changing mm-hmm. all and of it them. starts like it starts with you like so much can be said for just doing the work on yourself. It really makes ripples around you. The more that you decondition and hold awareness for yourself, the more everyone else around you energetically will feel that and be empowered to do the same for themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking yourself, like, why do I need to do the work? Why, like, I'm fine with how my life is. I don't need to decondition. It sounds like too much work. Like, that's how we shift <laughs> into the new paradigm. So you start peeling those layers. I had such a crazy experience um, when I did breath work and I used our deconditioning essential oil beforehand, just like, oh, I'll just try it um, during this breath work session and see how I feel. And I had no expectations for that breath work session. And I had a complete deconditioning experience where I saw myself like behind a glass like in between like me and my mother, there was this thick, thick glass. And as I like um, hit my fists on the glass, like parts of me would kind of like crack and um, kind of fall off and and those same parts would crack and fall off of her. And so I was just hitting this glass and parts of me were cracking and opening up and falling off and of both of us. And the work that I was doing on myself was also healing parts of her. And obviously I didn't like break through the glass because it's gonna take me a long time to do that. 
But that's something that I always just was like, you know what? I just don't want to go there. Like, it's too much work. Like, I've been fine mm-hmm. ignoring it. Mm-hmm. But, and I wasn't even on my mind. But I went through that, like, experience of deconditioning. And that to me, that was such a visual experience. But it described perfectly what deconditioning is to mm-hmm. me, which yeah. is like shedding those layers and Mm -hmm. uncovering, breaking off the pieces of you that you've been just like caked onto yourself. You've been trapped inside of. Yes. That are blocking your essence from being in the world. And being just like pure love and Mm. truth and connection. Yes. Because all of our not self themes are all of like the negative emotions, you know, that we feel. Um, and yourself, like your true essence as a person is pure love. It, mm-hmm. It's happiness, it's joy, it's contentment. It's even in the times of challenge, you feel acceptance and clarity. Like I mm-hmm. accept this challenge and I'm grateful for it. And you even have love for those challenging things and for the growth of things. And you don't feel fearful or anxious or stressed or scared mm-hmm. or frustrated or angry you just feel accepting and whole and present and that's who we all really are oh my gosh I love that that um vision you had so much in breathwork Mm -hmm. and if you guys haven't listened to our breathwork episode it's episode number seven with our beautiful friend Akari we do breathwork with her over I do it over Skype and then Shana likes to go in real life into her class in Um, real life (laughs) in real life um instead of over through time and space on Skype. But I think breathwork is a huge tool that people can use towards deconditioning um, because I've had the same thing where you're clearing out this breath in your body, you're clearing out stagnant energy and you're replacing it with fresh, clear oxygen in your body. And it's clearing out any stuck things that you're holding on to that you're not. And that's what deconditioning is as mm-hmm. well. And then, like we said, we made a, an oil blend for deconditioning, and we were really mindful and put a lot of intention into what plant medicines can support deconditioning and connecting back mm-hmm. to source and creating this open space where you are connected and clear to your soul and not all of the societal bullshit that is not real. Um, mm-hmm. So just like inhaling these plant medicines with that intention is another tool that you can do to decondition. Mm -hmm. And then also things like Reiki and sound baths, movement or massage, anything where you're physically moving and breaking up stuck blockages. I think that those are all physical things that you can do that support deconditioning as well Mm -hmm. and letting go of things that you're holding on to that are not yours to hold. Yeah, I love how there's so many different tools that you can do to um, spiritually and emotionally decondition and like expand your awareness, but also physically move energy and blockages out to help assist it even faster. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. And it's all about getting down to your truth. Like your true self is sitting there like a little child underneath all of the crap that it's been holding for years, your whole life. And deconditioning is, it's an emotional experience because it's really looking at, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what are my limiting beliefs? 
what really am I identifying with? And it might not be clear to you right away, but just asking the universe to help you to notice where you're conditioned and where you're not um, and what you want to work on right now to be like shown to you and to start noticing it. And it's fascinating what you'll find. And the not, um, not self cheat sheets really helpful because it's, it's an easy way to say, did I say this thing today? Okay. That was from my not self. And why did I do that? I need to decondition from that and release it because it's not mine. I'm going to go back to using my strategy and authority. Another way, um, just so you know, that you start the deconditioning process right away is once you start using your strategy and authority on a daily basis. That like is the start of deconditioning. If you decide, okay, today I'm going to use my strategy and just wait for the invitation. I'm going to hone my skills and I'm going to use my authority, whatever that is. That's literally recognizing yourself and your truth and your energy and allowing you to release things that aren't yours. So that's going to start your deconditioning process. But you are in there, your truth, your knowing, your all infinite wisdom and love is in there just waiting to be uncovered. So it's really a beautiful process and it's so expansive and so beautiful. Yes, I love that. And like to talk about a little bit about how conditioning specifically gets put on each of the energy types. Um, mm -hmm. I think as a manifester, the biggest conditioning that you feel in society is feeling like you're too much if you're just yourself and that mm -hmm. like people want to control you because you're too much to handle. And, you know, mm -hmm. really looking at that, if you're a manifester and saying like using by using my strategy um, of informing people and my authority to know what decisions are right for me, those fears that I have and that conditioning that has been put onto me will automatically go away. Like those fears will automatically be eased because once a manifester starts using their strategy of informing people, they see firsthand that they're being less controlled, that people can accept them, that when a manifester steps into their power and accepts that they are this person who is very impactful, things just naturally start being more peaceful and easy for them. Mm -hmm. And so just by using your strategy, you experience the opposite of these wounds and fears and conditioning. Um, and once you experience the opposite using your strategy, that also really creates healing and helps you let go of the, the deconditioning and fears that, I mean, of the conditioning and fears that you've held on to. Mm -hmm. And then as being a projector, what would you say, Shana, is like the most, th the conditioning that gets put onto you? Um, I would say it's being lazy and feeling like you have to prove yourself all of the time to have worth um, because you're wanting to be recognized and you're not being recognized. So you overwork, you overextend, you overprove yourself. And yeah, I think society and the whole work thing really, really conditions you to even not even think that you being yourself and how you wanna live is even a possibility. Like you wanting to like go home right after lunch at work is not realistic, but that's what you want to do because your energy really needs it. Um, that's all conditioning and, and be, being told that you're lazy. I feel like so many projectors have been told that they're lazy for wanting to do what they need to do for their energy and have been judged. And, so, and because of that, judged themselves and accepted that that if I give into that part of myself, then I am lazy. 
And if I give in to that part of myself, then I am selfish. Um, uh, even just hearing you say that word, when I first asked you, like, what is the biggest conditioning for, for projectors? And you said being lazy. Like, I felt like a stab <laughs> into my heart because it's so true. Like in my, and I mean, that just shows me that I have worked still to do always mm-hmm. um, with deconditioning. Cause like, that is something that my stepdad told me when I was growing up that if I slept in that he would just be like disgusted with me. Like I was <laughs> so lazy and I would, and I always knew like that I'm not, I'm not lazy. Like I'm chill and you're stressed out. So like, is it really worse? <laughs> but, but still like though that word is like a dagger to me of like, poison. And I know that anyone in my life that ever told me that, like they only were trying to help me. They only Mm. wanted what was best for me. Um, And then it's up to me to clear that conditioning Mm. and to decondition and to let it go and to look at those things head on and Mm. rewrite my story and let my true self and essence shine. And it's interesting because projectors are the most conditioned type. And I think it's really easy for projectors to condition other projectors because Mm. they can be bitter about, Mm. you know, well, I've had to suck it up and Mm. work long hours and I did it and I had to force myself to do all of this. So you have to, too, like you're not, you don't get special treatment. The world's a harsh place. Like you need Mm. to, you know, suck it up and don't be selfish. Like you need to provide and you need to do this and you need to do that because I did. Mm. And their bitterness um, is relatable because you're a projector and you can feel it and you Mm. can see into why they're bitter. And so that makes you say, okay, you're right. Like you did have to do all those things and you did suck it up and you did work hard and you did struggle to get to the top. So I have to do the same thing. Yeah. And that is conditioning passed on, passed on, passed on. And, Mm. and I'm calling bullshit on that right now. Like we are ending that cycle. We are breaking. I'm going to break the wheel like Khaleesi. Thank goodness. (laughs) I want to stop the wheel. I want to break the wheel. We want you to break the wheel. Yeah. Like that That is gold paradigm. Yeah. Over it. And so just recognizing that is like the main key part. Going back to your strategy and authority. And having the, and and knowing, like having the awareness that that is a conditioning that's been passed on and that you are breaking that cycle and that you will not, like even if you're a projector and you've been forced to do things and you feel better to work on yourself instead of just projecting that onto the next generation and passing down that condition. But wanting, like there ha- there comes in a point in your life where you want to be better and you want to step up to the plate and do the self-work. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, it maybe you don't want to do the work. Maybe it doesn't feel good. Maybe it feels good to wallow in your victimhood and Mm -hmm. to, it's easier, you know, to be like the world is an unfair place and like everyone, no one gets me and like all this stuff. It's like, you can live in that way forever or you can choose to break the cycle. You can Mm -hmm. choose to do the self work and then you can make the world a better place by starting with yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's it's interesting because projectors are, able to condition others more because they can see how the world's working and Mm -hmm. how people are working. And so then they can project onto you what you should be doing, like if they're in their not self and they're Mm -hmm. bitter. Because if you think about like a generator being frustrated, Mm -hmm. frustration, yes, it can still condition, but bitterness is like, (laughs) 
<laughs> bitterness is like you motherfucker like they get yeah. down to your core it's way like, more, so bitter what's the word like um mental warfare instead of like just physical mm-hmm. warfare but you're using these like sneaky mental tactics to get to someone yeah um instead of like on a physical plane just being frustrated but like having mm-hmm. these like underlying cutting things which I, when it mm-hmm. projectors and they're not self-themed they know how to manipulate people because yeah. they understand people so well so you could be a generator and be conditioned by a projector or a manifester or any of the types like it doesn't matter the types that you're conditioned by but mm-hmm. it's like when i look back on things that have conditioned me sometimes i'm like that's because they were a projector <laughs> and i'm a projector and i'm really open to conditioning yeah yeah fascinating so moving on yeah next um i'd say man gen manifesting generators what do you think their biggest um source of conditioning is that they have adhd yes that or add yeah i feel like so many manifesting generators as children um were diagnosed with add uh, Mm -hmm. or that they need to calm down or yep. that they need to focus and sit and focus on one thing until they finish it or complete the things that they start um, or else they're crazy or else they're sick or else they have right. a mental illness. Like that's Ugh. fucking crazy. I know that is, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I feel too. Like with my husband, Jared, he's a manifesting generator. He has so much energy and his mom, my mother-in-law is like this amazing goddess woman. I love her so much. And she um, went, you know, this was in the early nineties when all, every kid was getting put on Ritalin and like half of the kids were being diagnosed with ADHD or ADD um, because they didn't want to sit in their desk all day long. Well, guess what? No kid wants to do that. Like they're kids, like they want to go play and use their bodies and explore and try different things and let their energy. I'd be fine sitting in a desk all day as long as the (laughs) the seat was comfy. And we did really well in school, right? Both you and I. I was like, as long as I don't have to walk to my next period of classes and all the way across campus like I'm I fine. mean I still <laughs> didn't like elementary school like there were parts of it that I liked but I still remember feeling like this is bullshit that I have to sit here all day yeah but I did it and I did it well and I got straight A's and it was easy for me to do that Same. whereas Same. Jared he, my husband he's so studious and he's so smart but he almost failed out of school just because it was so against the grain for the way mm. that his energy worked and his mom always knew that there was nothing wrong with him she was like he's not going on Ritalin he's going outside and he's going to play until the sun goes down and then he's going to come in and he's going to go to bed when he's exhausted and like the fact that she the fact that she knew that and she stood strong even when a doctor was in her face telling her like we're, you know you're going to be in trouble if you don't like put your kid mm-hmm. on this medicine and they're not going to make it through school and like all these things and she had the love and compassion to accept him for who he was and to know there was nothing wrong with him but that that's mm-hmm. just how his energy worked and just know that if you're listening to this and you have been put on Ritalin or medication because you've been diagnosed with something at a young age or that you've done that to your kids, like know that it's okay. Like that's societal conditioning and um, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just mm-hmm. that's literally like the conditioning of the planet of mm-hmm. where we are right now or where we've been. So to just like hold awareness for that and to 
send love to that and to let it go. Yeah. Um, and to move on and experiment with being your authentic self or let your kids experiment with being their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And this also is not to say that every manifesting generator has ADD or ADHD (laughs) or has been diagnosed um, or doesn't like school. Like I'm sure that there's some that do, but um, just in our experience of how their energy wants to work, it doesn't fit into a, you sit here, you focus on this one thing right now and then you move on to the next. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like, there's really no mistakes that can ever be made in life. There's really just learning lessons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, we are all just figuring it out. And no one has the answers. Not me, not you, not even human design. Like, these are all strategies that you can experiment with in your life. And Mm -hmm. if they are helpful and meaningful and make your life better, then great. And Mm -hmm. if you don't agree with them, then that's great, too. Like, do something else. There's no right answer. Yeah. And the thing is that I do want to say before we talk about the other types is that um, there's no anger or hurt to be felt from the conditioning. Like Mm -hmm. conditioning is not negative or positive. It's just it just is. It just just is. is. And so like like I want to encourage you (laughs) (laughs) to not judge or hold um, pain or hatred or any negativity within your body during the deconditioning process of why would my parent do that to me? Why Mm -hmm. would they quiet my voice? Why would Mm -hmm. they put me on Ritalin? Why would they do this? Um, Because you don't know what they were going through at the time, what their conditioning was, Mm -hmm. what their society and friend group was pressuring them to do, um, the experiences that they had. It just, it, it's all, um, a stream, I guess, going downhill that one person affects the next, affects affects the next. And your only job in deconditioning now is to stop that stream and to redirect it in the way that it needs to go, to send love to the experience that you had for the lessons that you've learned. Thank it, Marie Kondo that shit. Marie Kondo, (laughs) Kondo, Kondo, right? Yeah. Brian has been saying Kondo. Kondo? literally <laughs> for weeks and i'm like brian it's condo and then now i just said quando because of him um conditions yeah i just got conditioned into pronouncing her name wrong <laughs> that motherfucker um but yeah like marie conduit like like i see you i recognize you i thank you even yeah. if it was negative and i release yeah. you because it's all a learning experience. Yeah, it's all it's all good. That's such a good point. And mm-hmm. um, even like every single person I truly believe is oper- is doing their best that they can from their level of consciousness. You know, so mm-hmm. even people that are doing things that are hurtful to others, I truly believe that they're only operating at best they can at their perspective. And if they, if you were them, like vibrating on the same level of consciousness as they are, you would do the same. And so Mm -hmm. blaming people for anything really is so unhealthy and so Mm -hmm. unhelpful um, because we are all connected. And, you know, at some other in a past life or whatever, you've hurt other people or maybe in this life, you know, like we've all um, had our learning experiences as far Mm -hmm. as like hurting other people and that that's okay and that like the what matters right now is you actively having awareness that you want to accept people and be loving today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right now and like this moment is the only moment that's even real anyways Mm -hmm. so you always have the power to 
start right now and accept people and accept yourself and to let go and to honor the fact that we're all different and to hold space for other people and for Mm -hmm. yourself. Yes. Okay, so let's finish the types and how they're conditioned. So generators? Generators. Um, I would say some of their biggest conditioning is that they have to people please and Mm. do what other people want them or need them to do um, because they have sacral energy to get things done. Um, I think they feel they want to help people, um, but I think that they often feel like they need to use their sacral energy to please others and to get things done for other people instead of doing and honoring what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think a big conditioning for generators is being used, Mm. like being used by people um, Mm. to do things for you. Like, Mm. you know, when factories started, we were in the factory era, like Mm -hmm. just putting a bunch of people in a factory and put their heads down and work and crank it out. Um, You know, being used as the worker bees. Um, But Mm -hmm. even in relationships, like just like because, you know, they'll people please or because, you know, they have the energy to do something, um, you know, asking them or only coming to them when you need something. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a big part of of their conditioning in, in this um human experience is Mm -hmm. people pleasing yeah like you said and being Mm -hmm. used by people right and like overcoming that by allowing people to come to you and then trusting your gut response Mm -hmm. in the moment and And also your authority whatever if that's emotional or or sacral yeah yeah and knowing that when you do what you want to do with your energy that is best for everyone Mm-hmm. That is your the highest good of your energy is to do what lights you up and to mm-hmm. only say yes to things you authentically want to say yes to in your body and knowing that like you don't have to say yes to anything. You only have to say yes or you only can say yes to the things that you truly believe in your body you want to spend your energy towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's empowerment for them. And I do want to say that um, human design, like sometimes if you just get a really just broad basis of human design that that can be really conditioning for generators um Mm. because some people just hear generators okay so you generate your own energy and you're here to work on stuff and so like projectors don't have to work as much and neither do manifestors and mangens like are the way showers but we're just here to work like that is really conditioning um in and of Mm. itself because it's not true um you have energy to work on what you love but it has to be something that you love for you to feel fulfilled um, mm-hmm. and satisfied. And so mm-hmm. I think that <clears throat> there's so much deeper understanding when you get into, like as a generator, when you get into your profile and your channels and your energetic gifts that reveal you know, how much you are actually meant to work and how much you're not. You can be a generator with a super open chart and you mm-hmm. need to do a lot of self-care and a lot of rest. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, so it's, there's so much more than just, you know, oh, you're a generator. Okay. Um, which a lot of people, I think, feel from human design. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to call bullshit on that too. Yeah, um, You need to dive deeper into your understanding. If you're feeling like that from human design as a generator, this is your, like, signpost, like I'm saying right now 
you need to dive deeper into your awareness of how your energy works because mm. th- it's not a blanket statement for anyone. And yeah. so I encourage you to go there to learn more and to find out who you are and what you're here to do and how you're here to do it. Mm, you better preach. <laughs> That's it. That's so true. Oh, I love that. And then uh, the last type, reflectors. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is the biggest conditioning for reflectors? Um, I think um, being invisible mm-hmm. and feeling like they're invisible, mm-hmm. being left out or not seen, mm-hmm. like being skipped over or passed over. Yeah. Or that feeling because like- they're so different, like they don't matter as much. Right. Or feeling like they have to know who they are at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a huge thing in our culture that we're, we're conditioned over for everyone is that you have to know who you are. You have to know what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you stand for. You have to know uh, your favorite football team. You know, like we're so yeah. conditioned to, to have these identities that we identify with and they make us feel safe when we have an identity that's bigger than ourselves to yeah. identify with oh and that's for god what sorry i just this might be fucked up but i always say that whenever we pass like uh because we go camping a lot in our trailer whenever we pass like a trailer with like a raiders flag or, i like, know a, i'm always like they're they identify so much with that sports team because they have nothing else to identify with and so yeah. they felt scared like i don't know who i am i don't know what what like identifies me or makes me unique. So I'm going to cling on to this thing. And like, I have to fly a flag about it because that's how much I don't know who I am. And I need something to identify myself. Yep. I think that's all the time. I I do. Like, I mean, if you're listening and you fly a sports flag, like we are not judging you. We we just are a little bit judging you. I know. I think that all the time with sports, it appeals to this part of our, you know, for everyone, but especially for reflectors because they don't have any um, definition that's consistent. And like, we're so taught that you have to have an identity um, and that, and that makes us feel safe and comfortable because we don't, it's too scary to be unique. Mm. And it's easier to be like, who are you? I'm a sports fan. Who are you? I'm a, uh, you know, American, you know, like how people like <laughs> oh, really yeah, identify yeah. with their country or like the town that they live in, like mm-hmm. so much so that if someone said like, screw your town you live in, like you would want to fight them. You know, mm-hmm. some people are at that level. And I don't level. think that's specific to reflectors. I think no, that's like not at all. anyone, yeah, that's anyone everyone. that's, that's clinging to like, or trying to figure out who they are and right. like also really wants a deep sense of community and connection to people. So they're, right. they're saying, Oh, I get community and connection when I go to sports games, which is true. You also do that when you go to church. That's what people love about it. They love the community that they're getting at church and the connection. And And same thing with your country saying, you know, I'm, I identify as an American. I'm proud to be an American. Like there's nothing wrong with having pride for any of these things. It's just going deeper and saying, okay, but who are you really? Because you're not America. You're not land. You're not, you know, a whole entire sports team. Right. You're not like you are you. So right. who who are you? And society's pressure of like, you have to know who you are. And human design is saying, you know who you are. You just need to have awareness for who you are. Right. And so as a reflector, they have 
this conditioning to be for all of us to say who are you and they might have feel like they never really know or they're struggling Mm -hmm. to find it or they feel pressure to find it and the the real answer for a reflector is to know that they don't have to identify with anything they are Mm -hmm. allowed to be nothing and they are allowed to try out everything and that that is what's beautiful about them and that they are truly the wise way showers for us about how to just be this open fluid spirit and person in this life Mm -hmm. that can appreciate and explore and be fascinated by all things Mm -hmm. and be confined to nothing and i think also a big conditioning um, for reflectors is feeling like they have to know where they belong Mm. like in the world like where do you belong do you belong in your house do you belong working like in the whatever work world (laughs) it's not yeah whatever like where do you belong like who is your tribe who are the people that you commune with like where do you belong um i think is a big part of conditioning because they don't know they don't belong anywhere they belong everywhere and they belong at the center of a group and to not be invisible they're actually supposed to be the most seen because everyone is coming to them to see themselves through them. Right. Yeah, I love that. So whatever energy energy type you are, I feel like I can kind of relate in some way to all of those conditionings mm-hmm. um, because we all have all of these energies within us. You know, even if you are a generator, you can have a projected channel. Um, we mm-hmm. all are so much more alike than we're different. And at the same time, we are completely unique and there is no one like us. And both Mm -hmm. of those things are true all at once. Um, Mm -hmm. But the main thing with deconditioning um, is to really have awareness and to decide that that's something that you wanna do. That you wanna look at these beliefs that are holding you back from being your true self and that are concealing you from living as your highest self and from living out your unique purpose of being yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. So the more it's all of these things that we talked about, all these ideas, um, they all point to one thing and that is awareness and Mm -hmm. mindfulness, that this is a thing that we all are here to do. And that the more we spend um, time being mindful and deconditioning, the easier it is to be ourselves and to accept others and love others and love ourselves for all of us Mm. being the unique people we are. Mm. Yeah. And that's, so that's the start of the journey. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, I've done a lot of deconditioning or I haven't, um, just starting to look, look at those parts of yourselves, of yourself that is not serving you or is not you Mm -hmm. and identify what that is and where it came from and Mm -hmm. release it. Yeah. And you know, here at Day Luna, we always want to give you guys like really fun tools that are inspiring and make it mm-hmm. like exciting and fun to look at yourself and to do the work of self-discovery and inner work. Um, so we created a deconditioning journal prompt that is already on our website, daylunalife.com. If you click on human design and then you click on free tools, you'll find it there. But we'll also post a link in our show notes to the deconditioning mm-hmm. journal prompt. And I think it's really it feels really good to me to sit down with a pen in my hand and to really hash it out and to spend that time for Mm -hmm. yourself journaling and really like a lot of these questions are probably simple questions, but when you're really here and present to answer them, you, I think it's really helpful and meaningful and fun to be able to reflect on your life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then another tool we've been talking about is our deconditioning oil blend, which you can get on our website, dailynolife.com as well. Um, and I love it so much. It is such a beautiful, sacred plant medicine oil blend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It really brings like the beauty. And for me, it brings so much like sparkly, juicy goodness into having this physical sensation of like that you can connect to the idea of deconditioning and and making space and clearing those layers mm-hmm. and just connecting to your soul in the moment. Yeah. I think that we need to like put on the website like what's in the oil and what it supports because the other day I was talking to someone they were like this smells so good like what's in it. I was explaining what the properties are and how the plant medicine actually works and it it was like it it's each one is chosen specifically to like be a medicine like to hold you in like divine mothering energy and to create a safe space and to allow you to trust yourself and to voice like what you your authenticity and to get real and look at yourself there's a lot of different oils inside our deconditioning mm-hmm. blend it's our most mm-hmm. like jam-packed one mm-hmm. but um that's because it's so important it's a big part of human design so mm-hmm. whether you get our oil or not it doesn't matter it's more so like holding awareness of it and you can find these oils or go out and discover you know things that can support you in your deconditioning whether that's reiki or sound baths or cacao ceremonies or yoga or kundalini or breath work or essential oils whatever it is um there's physical things that can support you and like dana said with our worksheet our journal prompt for deconditioning it's good to like allow yourself to take the time mm-hmm. and like really like say okay you know what tomorrow i'm gonna sit down and put on some music like Palo Santo or meditate. And I'm going to take the time to, for myself to Hmm. get real with where I need to decondition. And -hmm. this is one of the tools that can help support you with that. Mm -hmm. And it feels so good to do that. Like you'd think it'd be kind of like this heavy thing, but I feel like it's such a releasing and it, every time I, after I journal, I feel so much lighter and so much more clear and mm-hmm. that feels amazing. So even like, I think there's a place where doing all this inner work, even if it's shadow work, even if it's deconditioning, like it feels good and it makes you mm-hmm. feel like lighter and clearer and happier and more real and more connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so think. you guys, we um, we love you so much. Thanks for being here with us today and being a part of this conversation. Um, you can reach out to us on our Instagram at Dayluna, or you can email us if you have any questions about deconditioning or about your design um, at hello at daylunalife.com. Oh, and- sorry. I totally forgot. And you can email us if you have these questions too, but there are parts in your chart where um, your channels don't connect like Dana mentioned in the beginning about having split definition or single or triple split, whatever you have. Um that that's where you bring in a lot of conditioning and it really helps for you to look at your chart and see like what those channels are and what they mean so in a reading we can go over that with you as well to talk about um you know where where in specific channels you're pulling in a lot of conditioning and what those specific qualities are so that way you can really get clear about oh i'm really conditioned in this aspect of my life and blah 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 um so human design can also take it deeper than what we've talked about here 
Mm-hmm. Um, and more specific. To that earlier. Yeah, more specific of like mm-hmm. when you are in a group setting and you're around these types of people, like you can be conditioned in this way. Like it's really, really specific. Um, and you can look at your chart and see for yourself and kind of do some um, rabbit hole investigation if you want, <laughs> or, you, or you can uh, book a reading if you want and um, discuss it in further depth. Or you can even just email us or DM us on Instagram if you have questions about some of your your gates and what um, definition and split definition is. And we'll talk about that later, but we'll also post on our Instagram about that. So yeah, we'll continue the conversation. Just reach out if you have questions for sure. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day wherever you are. And thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for putting in the work to decondition and to live as yourself. We see you and we love you and we appreciate Mm. you. Mm -hmm. Have a beautiful day.